Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you, at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are in the midst of a lengthy homestand that features nine games against three different clubs that many are expecting to make the postseason this season. Uh, an abbreviated series against the White Sox that was shortened to just one game due to a snowout. And then a four-game set with the Yankees, and that's followed by three with the Minnesota Twins. The Indians in the midst of the Yankees series right now with still two games to be played against New York in their only visit to progressive field this season as the Indians will take on the Yankees Saturday evening at 6-10 and Sunday afternoon at 1-10. Coming up later on in our show, we will hear from Indians pitching coach Carl Willis, also Tribe outfielder Jordan Luplo, who leads the team in home runs so far. And we will also visit with Rachel Stentz-Bacher, who with the Cleveland Sports Commission is helping to put on a great event here at the ballpark called the Cleveland Power of Sports Summit. And that will coincide with the NFL draft next week right here in downtown Cleveland. So that's all coming up shortly. But first, this reminder, a couple of ways to get the show. You can hear it on the radio, of course, on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network each Saturday, usually right in and around the start of uh, that day's game uh, an hour prior. You can also hear it on Indians.com, all the archived editions there, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And speaking of podcasts, we encourage you to tune in to the Rosie Report, which airs most of the time, Monday through Friday, if the Indians have a game. And that'll kind of bring you up to date on the activities the day before involving the Tribe with interviews and highlights, all kinds of good stuff on the Rosie Report regular season roundup 
And again, that's where you download your favorite podcasts under Cleveland Indians Podcast. It's right there, right next to this podcast, uh, Tribe Talk, in podcast form after the show airs on the weekend on the radio. So a lot to get to this week, and we'll take a break and come back at it with Carl Willis, Indians pitching coach, after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive wants your pets to be their best selves, so we cover them in our auto policy, and we created this self-empowerment series just for them. You are perched by the windowsill, working on a truly epic hairball. A lowly bird passes by and instinctively surrenders. You are feared by birds. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Shane Bieber now with 46 strikeouts. The only guy that's ever had more strikeouts in his first four starts in a season, Nolan Ryan. The pitch waved at. There's another one, number 47 in his first four starts. And Bieber strikes out Suarez on the high heat. That is 12 today. He has struck out five in a row. Nolan Ryan struck out 48 batters in his first four starts of 1978. And now Shane Bieber has struck out 47. Bieber now at 103 pitches. Here it comes. Strike three called. Schrock guessed curveball and took a fastball right down the middle. Bieber finishes the day with 13 strikeouts, tying Nolan Ryan. 48 strikeouts in his first four starts of 2021. Nolan Ryan and Shane Bieber, the most strikeouts ever in the first four games to start a season. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. Joined by Tribe Pitching Coach Carl Willis as the Indians get ready to take on the New York Yankees. And Carl, you know, you got about two weeks and a little bit more than that in the season, and everyone's been through the rotation several times now. And it, it seems like things are, are falling into place. You've had some ups, some downs, some challenges for sure. But let's start at the top. Uh, hard to top a Cy Young season, but it seems like Shane Bieber has done enough in the offseason to do just that. And uh, what do you attribute his quick start to where he's been able to hold what he had a year ago and, and carry it through to the first starts of this season? You know, Rosie, he continues to impress with, with his maturity. And I thought that during spring training, um, you know, Beeb's managed himself very, very well, you know, like, a again, a, a veteran beyond his years. But, you know, he, he went through a progression with his pitches. Um, you know, he pitched games in spring training where he didn't use his cutter. He focused on his slider. He focused on his changeups, you know, trying to, you know, just work and get all the pitches uh, where he wanted to get them while sure trying to compete, but, but knowing that he was getting ready for a, a regular season and, and, you know, now that the season has begun, um, we're just seeing all those pitches, um, you know, come, come together and, and him being able to, to go out and be himself and use all of his pitches and attack, uh, you know, how he likes to and, and different ways if he needs to. And, uh, I just think he does a tremendous job and, 
you know, in his preparation and, uh, and taking care of himself. Aaron Savali also off to an extremely good start after making some significant adjustments. And, and maybe before we talk about how they've come into play, how significant were they? Is it a major change what he's done, or is it just kind of some tweaking that's really helped him? Well, you know what? I, I, I don't I, – it's somewhat major. I mean, you know, he, he changed his arm action. Um, you know, really it was delivery-based, um, but it created um, – a bit of a shorter arm action, um, and it has created, um, you know, different profiles to his pitches. And, you know, again, going back to spring training, um, it was almost an educational period of time for, for all of us, but more importantly for Aaron to, um, to determine how those pitches work, how they work off of each other and where they work best. And, uh, you know, um, Again, spring training performances, um, you know, can can be misleading, you know, either way, you know, both good and bad. But certainly uh, as the season has started, um, you know, through three starts, we have certainly seen uh, some positive returns uh, as to what Aaron has has gone and worked so hard in the offseason with. And uh, and hopefully that that's going to continue. And when you look at it in terms of pitching in today's game, so much of it velocity-based, and that's fun, but uh, is it also enjoyable to watch a guy like Savali who, who really is a craftsman out there on the mound and uses all his pitches? You know what? It is. Um, as a, an older pitching coach now, having done this for a while, um, you know, it's truly enjoyable to – to watch a guy pitch and, and, and move the baseball, use all the quadrants of the strike zone, um, you know, tunnel pitches off of each other and, and create different movements. Um, you know, Hey, the power in the game today with the high velocities you see and, and some of the, you know, the depth and, and lateral movement, some of the breaking pitches you see, I mean, they're, they're, they're really nothing short of unbelievable. I don't know how else to describe them, but to to see a guy go out and and truly what I call pitch, change speeds, change locations, change eye levels, um, it's uh, it's really enjoyable to watch. Logan Allen going tomorrow night, and first time this season he'll be looking to bounce back from a, a shorter appearance. Uh, he's made so many strides. Uh, it kind of interested to see how he handles that, that first rough start, which there are going to be a few over the course of the season. Yeah, we sure are. And, and as you said, they're, they're going to happen. I mean, you know, more times than not as, as the season progresses and you go through the rotation, um, you know, you're in a good spot. If, if, if you only have one starter who, who maybe is, is going through a rough patch or a rough period, uh, certainly Logan, uh, had really, really an exceptional spring training. And, uh, you know, his, his first couple of starts of the season, um, you know, had some problems, you know, with his pitch count in the first inning, but after that settled in and, and uh, you know, did his job. Um, and, and now he's, he's had this first tough start uh, there in Cincinnati. So, you know, keeping him grounded, um, helping him to understand, okay, it, it was a tough day. There were some things that maybe we can address, but at the same time, we don't need to, you know, 
do a complete 180 and, and make a major adjustment here uh, is very, very important. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to be a big star for him. And, and uh, I think to this point, um, the work he's done between these starts uh, should put him in a good good situation. What were you able to address with him that, that maybe didn't go as well as the first two starts for him? Well, I, I think, um, you know, to Logan's credit, uh, you know, he, he was concerned about the first inning uh, of the previous two starts and just how he was coming out of the bullpen, starting the game, and maybe not feeling like he, he was on top of things. I think that he uh, he got in a situation where he, he, he focused so uh, intently on command that, uh, you know, he, he, he was – not really going after guys with his best stuff uh, and trying to marry those two together with being under control yet, um, you know, going after guys with your stuff. Uh, and, and I think what we saw happen is uh, in him trying to maybe dial it down a little bit early in the game to, to uh, navigate that first inning a little more efficiently um, he, he lost his delivery a little bit. There were a couple of things that we were able to identify and, uh, major, but hopefully, uh, you know, a little bit of a change of mindset, um, we'll, we'll correct those things. And with Tristan McKenzie, what are you seeing with him so far this season in, in really a very young major league career and experience wise, innings wise in the minor leagues, he, he was held up due to injuries as he gets deeper and deeper in, into some innings. What are you seeing that, that you like so far from him? Well, you know what? It, honestly, there, there are two things that, that stand out. Uh, the ride, he, he gets his fastball, uh, and, and then uh, the ability to, uh, to change eye levels with his curveball. Uh, those two things. His slider was a big part of his game last year. Still is. Uh, I think we're finding that there's a lot of value to his curveball um, because it plays so well with his fastball. And, and there's you know been seemingly a lot of talk um, you know, about the fact that, you know, his velocity, he's averaging around 91. Um, you know, there, there's more in there. Uh, but at the same time, what you don't really see, uh, unless you're looking at, you know, the data that we're able to get back is, is, is the profile of those fastballs and how those fastballs are moving and what makes them different from a normal fastball. So while, you know, we're not seeing 95, 96, which we we may see, we may not. We're still seeing a fastball that plays above its velocity, uh, and it's giving the hitters a tough time. Zach, please, Zach, really first time, gosh, in his career almost, where he's had a, a tough couple of starts, uh, more so two starts ago. But uh, what do you see progress-wise from him after his last start, and and uh, what did he maybe get away from that, that caused him to have some trouble? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, his first two starts of the season, he, he did some, such a good job of commanding the baseball and uh, and getting the pitches to the areas of the strike zone and beyond that, that we were targeting. Um, he, he lost a bit of that command uh, in the game in Chicago. Um, I feel like um, he did a better job with it. Um, the next go around against the White Sox here in Cleveland, um, you know, unfortunately, and in, in the game, particularly offensively, 
um, you know, mistakes uh, really cost pitchers these days. And, and uh, I really felt like Zach made some adjustments. He showed some very good improvement. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that second start against the White Sox, when he made a mistake, they made him pay. So, um, you know, as we're always trying to do, eliminating mistakes and, and, you know, gaining more and more consistency, particularly with the location uh, of our pitches, you know, with our stuff. And uh, as you mentioned, listen, you know, this kid's been here for this is his third season. It's the first time, you know, he, he's gone through a couple of rough starts like this, maybe to this, ex- uh, you know, extreme. Um, and it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough for veteran guys who've been in the league for years and years. So, you know, keeping him positive, keeping him to um, continue to be that aggressive bulldog mentality with some swagger on the mound. Uh, that's very important. And, um, you know, I, I think we'll see Zach come out of this. And uh, Carl, looking at the bullpen, we won't go through everybody, but just that back end, um, <laughs> Classe and Karinchak, two big power arms back there, and it seems like they've been decent, especially command-wise. As much as velocity is important, uh, for them it, it seems like that big key that allows them to take that next step is command of that velocity. Would that be a, a fair statement? Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, and 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 to start with, with Classe, you know, I mean, this is something that stood out. You know, we didn't get to really see him pitch at all last year, even in spring training, and. The velocities you see um, when when you look at his delivery, uh, and then you look at how he commands those velocities. I mean, it's really special. It's it's a very efficient, effortless delivery, and you know we're seeing a hundred to hundred and two almost at times. Uh, yet he he throws a lot of strikes, uh, and and I think that uh, that does make it very difficult for the hitter to to have to deal with with that velocity and and his slider is is very much improved and is very much a weapon, um, you know, in terms of, of James, um, you know, there were times in spring training, uh, again, where the, the command issues surfaced and lengthy outings and uh, getting himself into trouble. But um, as the bell is rung here and the season has started, um, you know, we're really seeing him do a good job of establishing the strike zone very early on in the outings. And, um you know, with with his fastball and his curveball, when when he's in the strike zone, um, I, I can tell you it is it is absolutely it's fun to watch. It's 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 a uh, it's an explosive fastball. It's it's a breaking pitch that you know is late with um, you know a, a lot of deception to it. And uh, if we could just keep him, and and he's doing a really good job right now, staying on top of his delivery, staying on top of of uh you know how he's trying to attack when when he's in that zone um you know it, it's a good feeling well good stuff carl as always thanks so much for coming by appreciate it all right rosie good to see you man that's carl willis indians pitching coach stay tuned more to come after this timeout time to hop back on the bandwagon folks <laughs>
Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Indians and Yankees will resume their series on Saturday night. 6-10 first pitch. Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, the pitching matchup at Dandy. And the series concludes on Sunday afternoon with a 1-10 ball game. Jamison Tyone for New York against Tristan McKenzie for the Tribe. Then the Twins come in for the first time this season. Monday and Tuesday nights and Wednesday afternoon here at Progressive Field. Well, Jordan Luplo leads the team in home runs. He has five home runs in the early season after getting an opportunity to play not only against left-handed pitching as a platoon player where he has been most of his career, but he's seeing much more playing time against right-handed pitching as well, and it has paid off. He made some adjustments in the offseason and uh, got himself in a pretty good place heading into spring training. So even though there was a hiccup due to an injury that cost him a good portion of the spring, he feels that uh, he's in a really good place at this point in time in the season. Yeah, um, you know, I found something I really like this offseason, so I just kind of stuck with it, and uh, I found that if I, if I stick with my routine, and um, it's easier to make adjustments uh, based on, how I'm feeling in that day and, you know, what I'm feeling in my swing. So as long as I'm consistent every day, um, it, it seems to work out. And the playing time's been a little bit more regular, and it seems so simple. You play a lot, it's easier to play. And can you explain how that all works for, for fans who, who may not realize how tough it is if you don't play a lot? Yeah, it's just it, it, the rhythm of the game and the speed just starts to slow down as you play more. Um, you, you, you get in the box, you get a little more comfy, and uh, you kind of get to know the zone a little better, and you swing more. Like you're you're uh, you're in there every day, so you're seeing those those uh, live at bats, and it's it's just a lot easier to stay in rhythm, and and uh, your eyes don't have to adjust. You know, three days later, it's like oh, I haven't seen a live pitch in in three days, so um, that gets it, that gets a little challenging. You're playing a lot of center field. Uh, Look, if outfield, if you have good speed, you should be able to play anywhere, right? But uh, is, is it an adjustment to, to be playing there regularly now instead of on a corner? A little bit, yeah. Um, I know i got to command the outfield a little more instead of kind of worry about myself. Um, but, you know, we've done a good job so far of, of being in good positions. Um, it, I think it's kind of cool. I get, to see, I get to see how the pitchers are working and how the pitches are moving uh, on these on these hitters. So, uh it's pretty, it's pretty fun being out there in center field and being able to uh, roam around. Jordan Luplo joining us, Tribe outfielder, who's uh, in the lineup tonight. And uh, Jordan, over the weekend, uh, some tough losses in Cincinnati, but then a nice bounce-back day on Sunday. And the team seems to be able to do that after some tough losses here early in the season. And uh, what do you see in this team that, that allows them to kind of forget about the tough ones and, and stay on point? I think it's just our our even keel attitude. Um, we stay we stay not too high, not too low, and I I, I think that's key for us because you're going to run into some some stretches or bad games in uh, in baseball. So as long as you can go back the next day and and uh, show up just prepared and ready to go, ready to compete, um, I think that we've been doing a good job of that. And you'll face Carlos Rodon tonight. He obviously made history the last time he faced the Indians last week. What did you see that night that, that made him so tough to hit? And and what can you do tonight to, to make it a different result against him? Yeah, his stuff was playing up really well uh, last time. He came out with uh, 
with a certain aggression that uh, that we couldn't combat that night. But um, as far as tonight, I think uh, I think if we stick to our plan and and uh, get on them early, um, I think we're gonna have some success. So uh, you know, hoping he doesn't have the the nasty stuff he did that day. But uh, if he does, uh, I think we're ready for it. And oh, by the way, you'll do it in, in what could be really tricky weather conditions. How do you prepare for a, a cold weather game where we could see some snow by games in? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's always challenging. You got to try and find a way to stay warm, and um, as long as you're moving around all the time, it's not too bad. But if you get a if you get a long inning and you're feeling that wind chill out there, and uh, snow starts to come, it gets it gets a little tough. But it's more of a more of a mental aspect and. Uh, you gotta you gotta find what's right for yourself as a player and to stay warm and ready. Well, good luck with that. I know it'll be a challenge, I'm sure. But uh, hey, nice going on the start to the season. Thanks for coming by. Thank you, Jim. That's Indians outfielder Jordan Luplo off to a real nice start at the plate for the Tribe. Stay tuned. We'll have our final segment after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Rodon into the motion. The two-two swung in and belted to deep left. Away, back, gone! And Jordan Luplo has hit his fifth home run. Boy, what a start for Luplo. A no doubt about it bomb to left. And the Indians are on the board. Carlos Rodon will not throw back-to-back no-hitters, and he's given up his first run of the year in this his third start. Progressive wants your pets to be their best selves, so we cover them in our auto policy, and we created this self-empowerment series just for them. The smell of bacon fills the air as you chase a tennis ball across a grassy field. You notice a fire hydrant and approach to mark your territory. Your aim is impeccable. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field. And we are joined today by... Rachel Stentz-Bacher, the Vice President of Administration and Development from the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission, and uh, they do great work to bring outstanding events to town. And the very latest coming up on the weekend will be the NFL Draft. And as a part of that, the Sports Commission has announced that the Cleveland Power of Sports Summit will be taking place at Progressive Field in conjunction with the NFL Draft during those same days, uh, Thursday the 29th through Saturday, May 1st. And, uh, Rachel, an exciting time, certainly in downtown Cleveland with the draft coming, as well as uh, the Power of Sports Summit. Absolutely. It, it, it is a wonderful time to be in Cleveland, and um, it's really inspiring to see all the um, – you know, all the movement and, and all the people and all the excitement building after such a difficult year. Uh, so we're really looking forward to next week. The Power of Sports Summit. Uh, explain what you you hope to accomplish for those who want to attend, and we'll give some of the information on how you can attend. It's a free event, and it's at the ballpark or virtually. But uh, what are some of the things that, that you're trying to get across and, and facilitate through a, a three-day period? 
Sure. So um, <clears throat> the Sports Commission um, is known um, to create programs uh, in conjunction with uh, events that we host in Cleveland that help, you know, forward important community agendas. So, um, for example, in this case, we're trying to really promote the idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, And this event is intended to um, showcase how the power of sport is a catalyst for change. Um, You know, you can see, especially over the last year, that um, so many athletes and leagues and teams have stood up for important social issues. You've seen, um, you know, so much athlete activism. Um, You've seen, um, you know, men, women, you know, every different type of athlete has has been standing up for something important in the community. And what we're trying to do is show that that sports really do have the power um, to affect uh, society in the way that we, you know, see each other and view each other. So at the Power of Sports Summit, there are uh, basically five different things, uh, five different areas where folks can um, come. We really hope that they will um, come and engage, uh, you know, with the content and, and learn something new. And ultimately, we hope that they'll enact positive change in their community. They'll learn, you know, how to uh, be better, you know, how to uh, spread positivity and, and, you know, the messages of inclusion, diversity and equity. Um, we have... Um, there's an area where we've got folks um, representing organizations um, from all over Northeast Ohio and beyond. Um, This would be the community corner. It's a traditional tabling area where we've got about 20 different organizations that are uh, discussing and and promoting the various um, activities and resources that they offer within the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. We've also got um, workshops. There are five uh, different workshops, free workshops that are available over the weekend. Uh, Depending on who you are and what you're interested in, um, we've got workshops such as um, Positive Coaching Alliance is hosting uh, Sports Can Battle Racism workshop for coaches. We've also got, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but uh, another example is um, a, a program through the Diversity Center of Northeast Ohio called um, Coded Language in Sports. Uh, basically, it's understanding how the language you use around sports can be exclusive and how we can work to change that. So those are just two examples. But we've got four, uh, five different workshops over the course of the weekend. Um, we also have various demonstrations and exhibits um, that are open throughout the entire weekend. So um, we've got a Champions of Change exhibit that really showcases some of the trailblazers and the uh, change makers within the sports world. Um, we have, you know, Adaptive Sports Ohio that will be out there. The Wheelchair Cavaliers are going to do a demonstration for us um, and many, many others. Um, we also have a digital learning lounge. So whether you're at home or you're at the uh, ballpark with us, um, you can go to our website and you can access this digital learning lounge, which offers information and education on the five different pillars that we are focused on at the Cleveland Power of Sport, which are uh, um, gender equity, racial equity, um, um, advocacy for LGBTQIA athletes, um, mental health, and sport for all. And then the last area that I want to mention is um, the Equality Lounge. Um, This is an area, um, it's going to be in the Discount Drug Mart Club at the ballpark, and it's a series of panel conversations. It's actually six conversations per day, so a total of 18 different panel conversations all around diversity, equity, and inclusion in sports. Um, You really would want to go to the website and check out um, who's speaking and when because it's quite a lineup and there's so much good stuff going on. Those are also going to be streamed, uh, so you should be able to watch those from home as well. So it's really like a five-ring circus, Jim. There's so much going on. No matter who you are, there is something there for you. You mentioned that website. It is clesportssummit.org with all the information you need. I, w- I want to circle back a little bit. You mentioned um, 
activism among athletes, uh, some high profile, some maybe less so. Uh, just observing it, it seemed like there was a lot happening when leagues were shut down. The, the major sports leagues were shut down due to COVID last summer. Uh, have you been pleasantly surprised to see some of that activism continue even as the leagues have opened back up and players get busy again, but they're still paying mind to important issues? Absolutely. You know, it's really interesting um, the way that you that you put that, you know, it's almost like, you know, we had the time in 2020 to really focus on some of these social issues and and um, and really pay attention to, you know, the change that's needed, um, at least, you know, in American society. But to your point, um, it really has carried forward, even as as uh, we all kind of get back to work and, and things get moving again. It's time, you know, I mean, we're having a reckoning in this country. And um, I think everyone, you know, everyone sees that it is time for change and it is wonderful to see athletes stepping forward because we all know athletes carry a ton of influence. And so um, when they stand for something, it encourages young people, especially um, to also stand for something important. So I'm very pleased to see that. Obviously a lot going on with the NFL draft, but if you have some time, head on over to progressive field where it is the uh, sports summit and it will be happening uh, Thursday from noon to six Friday from noon to 6, that's April 29th and 30th, and then Saturday, May 1st from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and just go to clesportsummit.org. And, uh, Rachel, I know it's a, a big weekend coming up with the NFL draft. <laughs> uh, what what the Sports Commission does to bring these high-profile events to Cleveland, for people who, who don't know, and, and the NBA All-Star Game's coming soon, too, so it just keeps going, uh, how much work goes in to bringing an event like the NFL draft to a city like Cleveland? Um, an incredible amount of work goes in and it starts um, years in advance of when the event is actually hosted. Um, typically, you know, uh, you know, in this case, most of the events that we host in Cleveland um, are not related to the, the major sports leagues. It's typically NCAA events or national governing body events or even private, you know, different events like uh, the gay games or the national senior games. But when we have the opportunity to work with our local teams and the leagues to bring these, you know, huge events like the NBA All-Star Game, the MLB All-Star Game um, and the draft, um, it's really a special opportunity um, that doesn't come around all that often. Um, so we start working on it years in advance. Um, it requires a ton of, you know, uh, site visits and conversations around um, logistics and budgeting and fundraising and, you know, all of those things. Um, it's it's a long, a long process. And uh, we you know, you never know what's going to be awarded, right? So you might, you know, you have to cast a wide net uh, so that you can bring, you know, as many events as possible to Cleveland. And in this case, we cast a wide net and uh, we were surprised and very pleased to see that we won uh, the four major bids that we had, you know, uh, in the works at the time. So, um, you know, those three I just mentioned, plus Women's Final Four in 2024 are, um, are really just like the biggest catch that you could believe, you know, for a city like ours. So we're, we're thrilled um, with what is happening here in Cleveland and um, really excited and proud to be part of, you know, the next phase of Cleveland's recovery. And what is it about Cleveland, you think, that, that maybe attracts some, some of these events? And then once they're here, because the reviews from the Major League Baseball All-Star Game uh, were tremendous from people in baseball, uh, maybe they didn't or hadn't been to Cleveland in a while, but... They just were so impressed with the organization, how easy the city was to get around, things like that. What are some of the things that you hear when a big event 
comes to Cleveland, be it NCAA or, or NFL draft or, or all-star games? Well, actually, there I can immediately think of three things um, that we hear a lot um, here in Cleveland. So um, not in any particular order. Uh, one of the things is our location. Um, we are centrally located, you know, to the majority of the population of the United States. And so um, we have a really strong drive market. Um, in terms of hosting major events. So our location is really, um, it's really nice because uh, you don't have to, it's not a difficult travel city. Um, the second thing is our team, um, you know, believe it or not, and, and you know, I'm just going to take a moment of pride here. Our team at the Cleveland Sports Commission is really the best in the business. Um, you may know that we won, <laughs> we won 2019 Sports Commission of the Year um, from our, our um, you know, uh, National uh, Sports Commission organization, um, and we were so proud. And and part of that is because we do work really hard. Um, we work extra hard to do these extra things, like the Cleveland Power of Sports summit um we really tried to pull you know uh, pull out all the stops in terms of making sure that our guests have a wonderful weekend wonderful experience in cleveland um and we um you know we're all committed to that we are the hardest working group of people um that i've that i've ever seen um to tell you that we are working our fingers to the bone right now is an understatement for sure um and the last thing is um our economy here in cleveland you know the the price uh the price of of goods and services here is much more reasonable than a lot of the other larger cities and so you know leagues and and um sports um organizers can really get more for their money um, here in terms of, you know, hotels and meals and, you know, any of the other expenses that are associated with a major event. So the three things I would say are our location, our economy, and then our team. That is Rachel Stentzbacher from the Cleveland Sports Commission. When we thank her for stopping by to explain the Cleveland Power of Sport Summit and uh, also talk about some of the great things that the Cleveland Sports Commission does like a huge part of bringing the NFL draft here to Cleveland, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game uh, in 2019, and the NBA All-Star Game coming here next winter. A lot of huge events, plus all of the, the NCAA events that come here, uh, among other things. They really do great work to make Northeast Ohio uh, a real hotbed of special sporting events, in addition to uh, the three major league sports franchises, too. It's a good organization, the Cleveland Sports Commission. And that's going to put a wrap on this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks, as always, going out to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.